You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kipolevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. So this is fine-tuned halacha about the halachas of feeding your animals. Um, Rav Menachem Slay in his Sefer Chayose Oretz uh, brings down this Yershalmi. The Yershalmi says that you shouldn't buy an animal unless you're sure you can feed it. You know, a lot of times you, you see the animal in the pet store, <laughs> you don't realize it's going to grow into Pinkerton, right? It's, it's, it's going to grow into this giant, uh, uh, this giant animal. Pinkerton is a, a, a children's book where, you know, the little puppy uh, turns into this giant, giant Great Dane. You have to realize that you, you, you can't be in a situation where you're not going to be able to feed the animal, you're going to become poor by having the animal or poorer, and the animal's going to suffer. So before you get any animal, make sure that you you have you realize you put away what you need to feed that animal. Those of you that know about my dog, our dog, know that the animal is quite small. Still costs quite still is a little bit of a cost, but she doesn't eat that much. But these giant dogs you have to have, make sure you have what you need. Now Two places in Shas, in Brachos and in Gitin, the Gemara says that it's usher to eat until you feed your animals. Now, um, in the Gemara in Brachos, it says, usher le'echol ad sheyachil. The Gemara in Gitin says, usher lit'om kodem sheyachil, which sounds like a very big chumrah. Now, where does this come out from? The Gemara learns it out from the second parsh of Kriyashma. It says, "Venasati esev bisadcha levehemtacha." Then it says, "Viachalta bisavata." Right. So you see from the way God describes it that uh, the first thing to do is feed your animal. Now. And that's what Rav's halacha was. Now, the Rambam, when he quotes this halacha, and he quotes it in Hilchas Avodim, not in Hilchas Deus, Chachomim Arishonim Choyunostin Le'eved Mikol Tavshul V'Tavshul Shoyeochlin. Now, this is the halacha. When you have an evid, you have a servant, a manservant or a woman servant who is working in your house and is preparing the food or helping you with your meal, standing over you and, and serving. Make sure they eat some of that food. In fact, that's, that's one madrega. And the second madrega is to have them eat first. Umakdimen mozona behemus favodin lesudas atzma. Now you can see that was the minig of Chachamim. Amidus Chasidus, as Rav Slay calls it. But it's not halacha. According to the Rambam, this is not um, a halacha that's binding, feeding the animals first. It's similar to the Hanhog of the Tzadikim, the Chasidim, that would take care of those that were dependent on them before they would eat themselves. But the tour does bring this down uh, is brought down in Shulchan Aruch as Osir. So we need to take this seriously, this Isser. Despite the fact that the Rambam, you know, you know doesn't write it that way. Um,
we talk about eating and drinking, it's interesting that the uh, Rishonim say that drinking, you drink before you give your animal. And the Sefer Achsidim is the source for this from Rivka. What did Rivka say to Eliezer? Which means, Eliezer, you'll drink first. And then your animals will drink. And you see that's what happened. Uh, yes. I'm just wondering if Eliezer was, that was already a tradition uh, there that the animals should uh, get the drink first. That's why she said it's okay. No, no, but she did the opposite, doctor. No, the opposite, because she assured him that they will be... Uh, uh, okay, could be, could be. But it's interesting that Eliezer mentions that when he describes the story over to Lovon and Besuel, he says, and then she came out and she said she was going to give the camels and I drank and then she gave drinks to the camels. Yep. So, so you see that Eliezer emphasized it as a positive, that, that when it comes to drinking, because, and it could be the reason is, is, and we'll see why, it could be it's because, you know, you're very thirsty and you don't want to take a chance. When it comes to chewing solid food, there you can hold off till, till your animals eat. Um, we know that when Moshe was told to bring out water from the stone, what does it say? Who got the water first? The people. Then the animals. The Mogan Avram quotes this Sefer Chassidim and the sources that this din on Shulchan Aruch only applies to eating, not drinking. Um, it, it can be, of course, a non-kosher animal as well. Doesn't have to be your animals that you're that you're that you have in your home, in your farm, that you're planning on shechting, because again, one of the proofs is from Rivka, and those were camels which were non-kosher. Um. Rabbi Yaakov Emden, who was no big dog lover, as we know, but still understood people in the 18th century started having animals. And they needed some piske alochas about how to deal. They weren't on farms as much. They were in the cities, but they had animals with them. So Rabbi Yaakov Emden uh, says, if you have fish, you have a fish pond, a koi pond, uh, or whatever it is, an aquarium, Fish are also, according to Yaakov, you have to feed them first. Um, it's interesting, Yaakov Emden, uh, at those times, I mean, you know, like my dog is a little lap dog and can't find food on her own. But let's say uh, you have a cat or like the dogs of, 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 of bigger dogs that could go out and get food. So there's a question whether the isser of eating before your animal applies to a dog or a cat because if they can get out through the door, they can find stuff in the garbage, they can find stuff around. So maybe you don't have to feed them. As he mentions, there's plenty of rats around. Um, Rav Yachanan says, but if you want to be machmir, you can feed them as well, if you're a medactic. Um, 
it doesn't make a difference even if you're not at your own house, as you see from Eliezer, that he was away from his home and it was still important that the animals got first. Um, it's important to realize, Rabbi Yaakov Emden says, it's not about the fact that they're working for you. It's not that this pays them back because they're working. It's because Tsar Balichayim, they depend on you. And what's going to happen? He uses a very beautiful language. If you don't, you know, the animal is very, animal is not so elastic in, in, in the animal's thinking. The animal knows a certain time it's supposed to eat. And therefore, the animal needs to have that constancy. And if it doesn't have it, the animal could die. So the animal needs to have it constant and having the food in front of it. It's part of Tsar Bali Chaim. And again, you can see why dogs and cats might not be that way. But in terms of the larger animals and the farm animals, that is why the halacha was uh, again, despite the ramp, I'm saying it's only uh, farm animals that pasture. Excuse me. I guess you're, the ones that are grazing have them. I'm talking about the the animals that are in the barn. The barn. You have to go and feed them. So, in other words, you have to take time out. You can't say, "Okay, now we're eating." You, you have to take the time out to start feeding the animals. Um, and we know again, we know how it comes up, and you can even be mafsik between the bracha rishona. If you haven't fed the animals yet. Um, this is true even on Shabbos. Uh, we talked about uh, the Truma Sadeshin as a psak about Anyam Kippur. You have to feed your animals Anyam Kippur. In fact, it's a mile to feed them Anyam Kippur. Um, <laughs> it'll give you Rachmanis from God. Um, Rav Moshe Feinstein writes clearly in a tshuva that if you see some animals in the street or, um, you know, uh, mutts that are running around, you don't have to feed them. Um, there's no din sedaka on animals, only on people. Um, in fact, uh, Rav Moshe says that even though it's true, once you own the animal, you take responsibility and the animals dependent on you, there is what Rav Yaakov then calls Tsar Balichayim, but animals that are out there, you know, that are, you know, that are ownerless and running around, you don't have to be like Ellie Mae clamping and run out and feed all, you know, the animals you can uh, for all the wild animals. You don't have to worry about that. Um, if you own the animal, then you have a responsibility. Obviously, if there's a person in your house who's very hungry, you shouldn't say, I'm sorry, I know you're very hungry, you poor uh, poor uh, schlepper from the street, but I have to feed the animals. Rav Moshe says, <laughs> you as the owner, despite your hunger, have to control yourself. But if you have a person who's hungry in your house, you feed him before you feed uh, the animal. Because clearly, that's a tzedakah to feed that person. Um, now, if you yourself are very, very hungry as well, it could be, again, uh, despite the fact that you own the animals, it could be that's different. Um,
An interesting halacha that Rav Slay talks about Um, let's say a person um, is at uh, home and his kids are hungry and the kids can't, can't take food themselves and you need to feed them. So once again, Rav Moshe, Rav Slay quotes Rav Moshe Feinstein that they are no worse than a poor ani who comes to your house. So even though there is this iser of, of eating before uh, the animals, that would not apply to young children, uh, toddlers, or maybe toddlers not, but children till the age of three or so, or to, they cannot feed themselves. So um, that you'd be able to feed them. You'd feed them before. Rav Sway quotes a story of the Arizal that many people uh, quote. There was a certain um, Talmud of the Arizal that the Arizal sensed the Aveir of Tsar Balechayim was surrounding that person. Um, and, the, and the person said to the Ari, I, no, I don't remember hurting any animal. He went and asked his wife and he discovered that his wife had not fed the chickens that every morning the way she had done in the past. What she did was she let them out into the yard for them to find food scattered around uh, near the, the, the garbage. So he told his wife, we have to go back to what our custom was. When the Arizal heard that, he said, okay, now I don't see that Aveira on you anymore. So you see how careful you have to be, you know, once you take on that responsibility. This to me was, a, I had never heard about this. Maybe those of you that are listening ha have heard about this. This was a question that was asked to Diane Weiss again. Um, It seems like in raising certain types of uh, chickens, based on the way they lay eggs, when the bird is of a certain age, um, after it's 15 months old, um, it's sort of like it's it start um, the the losing its its uh, down feathers. So there was a minag among the farmers, the chicken farmers, to starve the bird and only give it water to drink. Um, now, it's almost like um, for two, it, it's like two months out of its life, the chicken only gets water. What was that for? We'll see in a minute. After it gets that two months over and you start feeding it normally, the chicken is able to, to somehow go into a very strong period of egg laying. And it will lay eggs and live 10 months longer laying eggs. 
and you get, um, uh, you know, five, uh, you know, or five months uh, more or 10 months more of, of egg laying because of this two months of starving the animal. So the question was, was this mutter? I never heard of this before. There are people here who could search Google and find out. But it sounds like this was the custom, and this this will guarantee you a, a chicken that'll live, a hen that'll live longer and will lay eggs longer. So they asked the Diane Weiss, I, I assume he was still in England when they asked him this, if this is allowed. So Diane said, first of all, even though it's true, the Rabbi Yaakov then says, Tsar Balechayim is very important. We see from that reason it's important. However, if it's for your benefit, the Isra doesn't apply. Now, of course, this is a very, this psaq needs to be understood. Because you could take this psaq and create monstrous chickens out of that, right? You have the chickens that don't have a life, right? That are that are that have one little head, right? They have a tiny little head and a giant body and a whole bunch of legs. You know what I'm talking about? The, these monstrous chickens that they've made, these these hens that that are grotesque, that can barely move. Right. They're, yeah, they're just for food production. So, this psak, I think, has been taken advantage of. Basically, what he said was, you're going to get the chicken is going to live. You, you said that the chicken is going to live longer and give you more eggs. So that's not called Tsar Bali Chaim. Um, again, you have to, this that's sounds. Absolutely Tsar Bali Chaim. The, the two months of starvation. Right. Like I said, I'm only quoting to you what the Dayan Paskan. I didn't see the Psak inside. The way Rav Saleh brings this, I have a question with this. Um, he also says that it's, 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 it's he makes another chiluk. He says, Tsar Balechayim is like when you hit the animal. Like we learn out, one of the makoros that's from the Medrash Hagodol about Tsar Balechayim is from Bilam, the way Bilam hits the Oson. So that's one of the sources that they learn for Tsar Balechayim. So it's where you're bepoyo hurting the animal. But once again, but he says here it's Beshev al That goes against the Psak of Rav Yaakov Emden, who says not feeding the animal is Tsar Balechayim. So Diane Weiss is saying, you're not going Bepoyal to hurt the animal, you're just not giving it its food. The second thing he says is, is that the chicken lives, the hen lives longer and becomes a stronger hen. So here, even though it has these two months that it was only able to get water or whatever it was, a liquid diet at night, or whatever it got drinks, but it becomes, it lives longer. And if it lives longer, and it's a, it's, it's a stronger, healthier hen, and it lays eggs, which is a proof, so that shows you that you're actually doing something positive for it. So does that mean that if you would relieve it of its pain, but cause it to die sooner, like giving it morphine or something, that would be Sarbali Haim? What are you asking, Sheila? That if you would, if if you if would, you would make it, you know, give it morphine. It's in pain. It actually speeds up death. 
but it makes it feel no pain. Is that considered? Okay, okay. So you're talking about an animal that's already sick, an animal that's already sick, and it could either um, it could either live for another week in pain, or you decide to give it so much morphine that the pain is gone, but it dies from an overdose of morphine. It dies quicker, yeah. So there, that happens all the time in, in dealing with animals, that mm-hmm. we, we, we put them out of their misery, so to speak. So, you know. So why is this not Sarbalachim? Because they're in pain. They maybe live longer, but they're in pain. What, what is Sarbalachim? Living longer or pain? Well, again, over here, the animal has two months where it was hungry, but then it has all this good life afterwards. So that's the svara, which which is not the case in, in your in your question, and you're right. going to die either in a if week. If we go with the story that you just mentioned with from Arizal, so not feeding the animal doesn't matter for how long and what purpose. You're right. You're right. The story of the Arizal, the story of the Arizal. You know, the animal had to go run around and, and, and look for food. That's what I'm saying. This is a, this psak, I believe, is a is a difficult psak to be macabre. Um, so, and I think that uh, again, you know, he was the dayan and the and the and the and the posek of the badats, but I think this is a psak which is which is difficult and probably. Again, it sounds like he was matir this for the egg farmers um, to do, and uh, you know, I would say again, I, I hate ending at a on a mystery, but to me, this is somewhat mysterious, and I think I call it into question. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode. Thank you.